in today's show, we're talking about usage rate. We're talking about minutes. Who are the guys who are going to get more? Who are the guys that are going to get less? We think. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello. And welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fangel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Last, um, oh, should we do it? Yeah, let's just go straight into this. Last reminder for the FBI LOFB World Cup. The best fantasy basketball contest on the planet. Standard nine cats, standard rosters, 48 divisions of 12 teams. There is an entry form linked in the description of this video below. There is an entry form linked in the description of the audio file on the podcast player. We've got over 500 applications so far and I'm only giving out 144 spots this week. So get your last chance in to answer those questions on that entry form and you'll see whether you get it. If you don't, I apologize. I am still going to be running the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl later on and entries for that will come out in mid-September. So that will happen then, but this is the World Cup. This is a standard format, 12-team, 9-cat league where we have 48 different divisions. We have two different redrafts during the season, and that's what we'll have. And then we'll have the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl running also, but that will come in a few weeks' time. So if you want in to this contest, get your applications in. This is the last day. Tomorrow, I will send out the uh, the emails to say whether you got in or not. So be on the lookout for that. If you don't get an email, because there's so many applications here, it means you didn't get one. It means you didn't get in. All right. What we are going to do in this show is talk about two things which are really important. Now, if you go back to a couple of months ago, did videos in the off-season of um, the things that are important in influencing rank and production. And two of the biggest influences in terms of correlation is minutes and usage. And that is, I'll say doubly important, but doubly I'm using as a turn of phrase, not a mathematical formula it's more important in a points league. The two most highly correlated things you want to look at in terms of all correlations and stats is minutes translating into fantasy points and usage translating into fantasy points. Minutes and category league rank is also a very high correlation. Usage and category league rank is a decent correlation, but it's not quite as high as the others. But when we get to anything that we're doing, whether we're deciding between players in drafts or trades or whatever, and we're sort of on the fence... If you lean towards a player who plays more minutes, if you lean towards a player who gets more usage, again, especially in points leagues, the general rule there is you will come out on top. It is a fantastic tiebreaker. It's a fantastic first glance thing of what are you looking at, which guys are getting, should be better, should be worse. Now, of course, we don't know these things. We don't know if a player is going to be 
higher in minutes this season or is going to have higher usage. We can assume that, but we don't know it for sure. But that's what we're going to talk about today. The players that I project to have higher minutes, higher usage compared to last season, or lower minutes and lower usage compared to last season. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) But what is usage? Do you know what usage is? Usage is a advanced, advanced, it's not that advanced, but it's an advanced stat in the NBA. Usage does not go up with more minutes that you play. That is not how usage works. Usage is a ratio stat. It is a very, very simple calculation that accounts for a few things. It is the percentage of possessions, the percentage of your team's possessions that you end while you are on the court. And think about a basketball game. There are only three ways that you can end a possession. You take a shot, you get to the free throw line, or you turn the ball over. That is it. They're the only three ways a possession can end. So usage is what percentage of the plays you finish while you are on the court. There are 100 plays, 100% of plays when you're on the court. There are five guys on the court. So average usage is 20% if everything was distributed evenly. But if you're a center playing for Tom Thibodeau, you have a usage of 8%. If you're Luka Doncic, you have a usage of 38%. That's the differences between those two things. And I've got the formula there up on the screen, which you can have a look at. It's you know players' field goals attempts plus 0.44 of players' free throw attempts. This is estimated usage because what that does is 0.44. Obviously, every, every time you get to the line on a shooting foul, you get two shots, right? But two shots is one possession. But sometimes you get the end one. Right, which is a different story. So that's what that that point four that it's it's point four four is to try and uh, calculate or estimate how many times uh, that ends up in a possession based on and ones versus just pure three shot or two shot fouls. That, that's all that's about. Right. So that's what that point four four does. It's an estimated number, and then it's player turnovers um, times by the team's minutes divided by team's total field goal attempts. Teams total free throw attempts times 0.44 and teams total turnovers uh, multiplied by five multiplied by the players' minutes. That, that's a way to calculate. But basically, it's what percentage of plays do you end while you're on the court? You will hear usage get talked about in many areas, often without understanding what it is. They'll say that a player is getting more usage because they're joining the starting lineup or they're playing more minutes or they're playing more point guards. So therefore, their usage goes up and not necessarily. Usage has absolutely nothing to do with rebounds or steals or blocks or assists has nothing to do with your efficiency in shooting from the line, from three, from the field, nothing. All it has to do is shot attempts, free throw attempts, and turnovers. That is all usage does. But as we went back earlier and said, higher usage leads to higher fantasy points as a very, very strong correlation. Higher usage rate leads to better fantasy rank as a fairly strong correlation. So it is something to pay attention to, but you have to understand what it actually means and yeah, you know, where the calculate you don't have to calculate it. You just have to know what the calculation means. So when someone says usage of fifteen or an increase in usage or a big decrease in usage, you've got to know what it means. It doesn't mean a decrease in minutes. It doesn't mean a decrease in rebound attempts or rebound opportunities. It doesn't mean a decrease in blocks. It doesn't mean an inc- a decrease in assists. It doesn't mean any of those things. It might, but it doesn't necessarily. And you can also just increase your usage by taking the same amount of shots but increasing your turnovers. That's possible too. That is just what usage means. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. 
Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time that they win in the regular season. Whatever team you pick to win the Super Bowl, for every regular season win that they rack up, you get bonus bets. You can use those bonus bets on spreads. You can use it on player props, over-unders, money line. College football starting this week. You can use it on that as well. Baseball, baseball playoffs coming up. Use those bonus bets on whatever. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning those bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, so I've gone through what usage is. I don't need to go through what minutes are, but we're going to talk about the players. And this is based on my current projections on August the 25th, where my projections sit. There are going to be things that change, whether it's injuries to that player, whether it's injuries to other players in the lineup that bump up minutes up or bump minutes down or whatever. But based on how I've projected things, this is how we currently sit. So who do I look at as the big usage rises or some of the big usage rises for this upcoming season? I got Mikhail Bridges. He was a 25 usage player last season. And you might be saying, yes, Josh, but when he was at Brooklyn, his usage was higher. It was. But when we're looking at the overall work that Mikhail Bridges did last season, he was at 25 usage. I've got him up around 30 usage this season. Does that mean he's going to be worth that pick in the mid-second round where he's going in a lot of drafts? I don't know about that because we saw his defensive stats drop off. His efficiency fell away from what it had been in previous seasons. I'm not sure he maintains 30 usage. He might. But it doesn't. he's not a high assist guy. He's not a high rebound guy. So... Yeah, will he be worth that pick? I don't know about that. But I do think that he's going to have a pretty sizable rise in usage. I think Austin Reeves will as well. Again, another one of those ones where the number's a little bit skewed based on the fact that earlier in the season, he wasn't doing a huge amount, but he had a usage of 16% last season. I've got him at around 20.5 for this season. He will be battling D'Angelo Russell as the third usage guy, even though I think he's clearly the third usage player. He's not a or third best player, sorry. He doesn't need to be a super high usage guy. It would behoove the Lakers to give him more usage. Whether D'Lo agrees to that or plays that way, I don't know. But Reeves is going to play a ton of minutes. I think he's actually probably a little bit undervalued in drafts at the moment, and which is surprising because he's a Lakers player who's playing in the World Cup, and that normally bumps people's value through the roof. I think he's going to have a pretty big usage rise. I actually think Dennis Schroeder is going to have... Or Dennis Schroeder. I keep saying that wrong. Dennis Schroeder is going to have a usage rise this season. He was only at 18.5 last season with the Lakers. It's not a gigantic leap, but I've got him at 22 for the Raptors. And people will say, why is that, Josh? He might come off the bench behind Scotty Barnes. That, that is true. He might. But usage doesn't mean anything to do with minutes. He goes from a team where he was playing behind Westbrook, LeBron, and Davis, and then Westbrook was replaced by D'Angelo Russell. So he really had to focus on being like a defense-only guard with lower usage. In Toronto, there's a chance that he starts. Barnes is not high usage, and Anobi's not high usage. Siakam is... But Schroeder will get more shots. 22 is not through the roof, but it is, a, I think, a sizable rise that will come for him. I also think Emmanuel Quickly's usage will rise. He was at 21% last season, runner-up in sixth man of the year. I've got him at 24.6, which is a decent jump as well. And why is that? Well, they Obi Toppin was a decently high usage player in the second unit. He is no longer there. And the minutes that he was getting are going to be replaced by Josh Hart, a low usage player, and Dante DiVincenzo, not a particularly high usage player either. So quickly, he's going to have to take on a few more of those shot attempts. When in the in the past, the second unit was a lot of topping and quickly taking more of the shots, where now Hart and DiVincenzo are lower usage guys. 
Does it mean that Quickly is going to play more minutes than last season? Well, not really. I don't, I don't actually think he will. I think he'll probably play fewer minutes unless there's injuries. But usage, I think, goes up. And I think Keegan Murray is going to go up as well. I know people love telling me about Keegan Murray breaking the record for most threes by a rookie. That's all well and good. He had a very low usage, under 16%. He was the fifth offensive option on that team. I think that he takes it to at least the fourth offensive option. Whether he jumps ahead of Kevin Herter or not, I don't know. But I've got him up to 19% usage, which does help his value. Now, part of the problem with Murray, also from a fantasy point of view, was inconsistency, but also where are the rebounds, where are the three... Oh, sorry, where are the rebounds, where are the assists, where are the steals, where are the blocks? And you just didn't take any shots. But I think that's going to rise this season. I don't think... He's got no chance of being a top two usage player on this team. Could he go to three ahead of Barnes and Herter? That is possible, but he's definitely, I would say, going to four. That would be uh, that would be my guess for um, for old mate Keegan Murray. Jordan Poole was 29 usage last season. I think it has to rise. I've got him at 32 for the uh, Wizards this season. Now, people were surprised that I took Poole in the, la- in the last, the only mock draft, the first mock draft. I took him in round four. People were like, that's way too high for Poole. Jordan Poole was like 60th two seasons ago, right? I know that he's probably going to have bad field goal percentage, but he's going to have, I believe, increased usage. Great indicator. He's going to score a ton. He's going to hit a lot of threes. He's going to get a lot of assists. He's going to get to the line a ton, and he can be a 90% shooter. And yes, the field goals might be 42% on 20 attempts a game. That's true. I also don't care in that draft build, and some of you shouldn't care. I think Jordan Poole, I think there's a lot of hate around Poole and his game and the bad turnovers and the, the way he plays and all that sort of stuff. I think he's going to have a monster year. Jaron Jackson, I think, is going to rise. He had 25 usage last season, or 24.9. I've got him at 27.6. Why? Well, Jaron Rant's missing 25 games for a start, so Jaron's probably going to sit 28, I would say 29 to begin the season. Probably push back down to 25 or 26 when Jar returns, but also... He established himself as a better offensive player last season, so it wouldn't be a surprise if he hovers above that 25 in the games that Jar returns. Dylan Brooks, while you might think of him as a, a chucker, rightfully so, he wasn't a super, super high usage player. In fact, when he shared the court with Bain, Jackson, and Morant, Dylan Brooks, I think, was at 19 usage, so below average. But taking um, Brooks out of that action and putting Canard or Smart into that mix, I think allows Jaron to take an extra step forward. And that's why I've got him there. I think Oshai Abaji goes, uh, he was 15.5 usage last season. He's, uh, I've got him up at 18. Now, I don't think that Abaji's got a good fantasy game at all. I think that he's still not a particularly high usage guy as evidenced by 18%. And I don't think I would draft him in 12-team leagues. But there is a chance that he starts. So that's worth looking at. Christian Brown was 13% last season. I think he's up to, I've got him projected at 15.7. He's going to have to take on some of the Bruce Brown role, but he can't take it all on. Because Brown was a backup point guard, a backup two, a backup three, a backup four. Brown's probably more of a backup two and backup three. And guys like Reggie Jackson and Peyton Watson are going to have to step into some of those other roles and even Justin Holiday. So I don't think Brown's anywhere close to being a draftable player, but he's going to see a step up in usage. And I do have Quentin Grimes projected to up, up his usage as well. He was at 14.7. I've got him at 17.2. That's A lot of that is mainly just third-year evolution and more confidence in his game. And hopefully he's able to just step that up and take some of those shots away from RJ Barrett. We see it's still not, 17's not high, but I do have uh, Quentin Grimes jumping his usage up next season. The last bunch of guys I want to talk about is usage rises. I do have Scotty Barnes as one of those, jumping from 20 to 22.3. 
Again, I don't think Barnes, not again, because I haven't said this, I don't think Barnes can necessarily be a guy that sustains 26 or 27% usage. Now, this, this will change, though, if Siakam is traded. It will change. But I don't think that we look at him as this gigantic usage riser. I think he gets a few more shots. He gets maybe a few more assists. He gets a bit more scoring. Hopefully, he improves his efficiency. He's going to be an okay option, but I don't think he's got absolute sky-high ceiling. I've actually got Goose, Anthony Edwards, jumping up quite a bit. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not convinced. He was at 30.6 usage last season. I've got him up to 32.8. And I look at it and go, okay, year four for Anthony Edwards coming in here. He's playing really well in the World Cup. He did some really good stuff in the playoffs. But then I look at it and go, yeah, but he's going to have to play with Towns more than 29 games that he played with him last season. That, that, is, that is true. So while I'm looking at Edwards establishing himself, and he did establish himself as the number one guy very clearly last season. Very clearly. And does Towns coming in mean that he's unlikely to push that up? And then I go, I'm not sure. But but he also played the majority of the season with D'Angelo Russell. And Mike Conley replaces D'Angelo Russell for a full season. So those shots that Russell was getting, Conley doesn't take that same amount of shots. So does the difference between Russell and Conley offset the return of Towns plus factoring in Edwards' potential growth? I think so but I'm less confident in that one. I've got Jalen Johnson in Atlanta jumping from 16 to 18%. I really think he's in line for a breakout, but knowing how Quinn Snyder works, I do think that he will start the depressed penis Sadiq Bay for shooting, but I think Johnson in year three, another time where players just get, a more, get more usage, step it up in their role, play more minutes. I think Johnson's going to be able to do all of that. Corey Kispert, I've got going from 14 to 16%. I don't know whether he starts for the Wizards, but I think, yeah, 14 is obviously a very low number that he was at last season. He's not going to be doing the things that he was doing for the last 10 games or so of last season where everyone was out because, of course, Kuzma and Poole are there and Tyus Jones and Avdia. There's a whole bunch of guys there now, even though Porzingis and Beal are gone. But I think he's able to jump it up to 16%. He's more of a scoring and three specialist. And the other one is the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. And you might ask, Josh, how? With Chet Holmgren joining the team, how does Jalen Williams bump his usage? And it's a fair enough question. I the the well, Chet's not a huge usage guy. Chet's not coming in 25 usage. Remember, average is 20. So if you come in as a player with 18 usage, 19 usage, you're actually below average. Now that's not to say that like Pig Williams and those guys were huge usage players as starters last season. They weren't. But I also think that just second year Jalen Williams, who did see a usage rise as the season went on last year, should be able to carry that over and bring it to 20%. And that's part of the reason why I am. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking Shagulis Alexander in the top five of drafts, but I'm also a level of skepticism that maybe maybe he loses a percentage points of usage. Maybe he loses three percentage points on free throw percentage. Maybe he loses two percentage points on field goals. Hard to see all of those numbers that Shea put up improve. I feel like there's only one way they can go, and that's down. And I think that Jalen might be able to take that extra little bit of usage away from him, as uh, you can see on my uh, prediction on projection there. That takes us into the usage fallers. Guys who I think are going to fall in terms of usage. And the number one guy on my list is... Porzingis. Yep, Chris Porzingis. Why? He goes from being the best player on the Wizards team and the number two usage player behind Beal to the third guy in Washington. He was at 27... Uh, in Boston, sorry. He was 27.4 in Washington. I've got him at 23.5. My working theory in general is that when you have big threes... 
The third guy suffers a lot. The top two guys suffer barely. The third guy suffers a lot as a general rule. And he's the third player. So I've got him dropping pretty significantly in usage. Now, he's still going to be really useful. He was awesome last season, second round player. I wouldn't take him in the second round. I'd probably take him round four this season, round five with the plantar fascia issue at the moment. But I do see a big usage drop coming. Taylor Horton Tucker was at 25 last season. I've got him at 21 and a half for usage this season. Maybe he's a starter, but he was also allowed to run wild down the stretch when Conley was traded, Sexton got hurt, Clarkson got fake injured, uh, Larry Markkinen got fake injured. Fake, 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 fake. And Horton Tucker just was doing whatever he wanted to at horrible usage, at horrible efficiency. It's not going to stick. Talking about big threes, when you know the third guy loses a lot of usage, well, what about the fourth guy? And that's DeAndre Ayton, who was at 22.6 last season. I've got him at 18.8. I, I just don't know when he touches the ball with Durant, with Booker, with Bill. And yeah, those guys will get injured. But I think when they're actually all sharing the court, he might sit at 16% usage. They're not going to look for him. I... 19, look, if they miss more time than I expect, he might push it back up. But it's really hard for me to see DeAndre Ayton beating last year's usage number. Kelton Johnson, old horsecock himself. Whose horse is that? 28% usage last season. I've got him down at 24.4. He, they just said, do everything. Take every shot. Now, he did it poorly. He scored a lot because he took a lot of shots and he missed a lot of shots and he doesn't get rebounds or assists or steals or blocks. And his percentages wore off. They weren't particularly good. Now, he can regain some of that efficiency this season because I don't think he's going to take 28% usage. When Benyama comes in and should immediately be over 20 usage, Devin Vassell should play more games and be better. And I just don't see how Calden maintains that number. Same goes with Boyan Bogdanovich, who was at 26% last season. I've got him at 22. He was able to get that really high usage going because Cade Cunningham played 12 games. Well, now Cade Cunningham is back and healthy. You've got second-year Jaden Ivey. You've got maybe Asar Thompson. Maybe Isaiah Stewart gets more, but it's really Cade, Ivy, who are going to cut into what Boyan does and drops him from number one option offensively, probably number three. And that brings him down to 22%. He was a really interesting player to draft late last season. And then when Cade went down, his value went up. I don't really see that upside again, unless you're just banking on another injury happening. The next bunch of guys who I got falling in usage is Christian James McCullum in New Orleans. CJ hit 26 usage last season. I've got him down at 22.6. Why? Well, I'm just expecting that Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson play more than 70 games combined. Is that a pipe dream? I, I don't think so. Like that, that is a extraordinarily low bar. Extraordinarily low. I think that if you look at Zion and Ingram playing 100 games, well, that already hurts what CJ can do. Plus, Trey Murphy is in year three. Does he demand more shots? Probably, hopefully. So... I think CJ was forced into more of that usage because there was plenty of times when Ingram and Zion were both out or at least one of those guys. What do they play together? 10 games? Hardly anything. All right, so CJ's hard. In a lineup where Zion and Ingram are both there, CJ's not sniffing it near 26% of the time. Like, he's just not happening. Westbrook was 27.7 last season and I've got him uh, dropping. Price of the brick going up. To 24.8. He pulled his head in a little bit with the Clippers. He wasn't as reckless, and he wasn't just hunting shots as much. And I think that probably continues. Westbrook's still significantly better, as I detailed on yesterday's show, as a points league guy versus a category league player. Terry Rogier, 26% usage last season. I've got him down at 23. Why? Well, last season, LaMelo Ball barely played. Now, this season, you get Miles Bridges back. You get Brandon Miller into the mix. Maybe you get more of Gordon Haywood. Probably don't, but maybe you do. And all of those things 
are going to mean that Rozier does not need to take that many shots, and his assist rate is probably also going to drop. So his efficiency might go back up, and there is a chance that he's getting a little underrated in fantasy drafts at the moment, but he should see a drop in usage. I highlight Cater Bates' Diop here because he had 17% or 16.8% usage last season. I think he's a real chance to be a starter for the Suns, but I also think he's going to go down to a 14% usage guy. So a lot of the stuff that he did in San Antonio down the stretch probably doesn't apply in Phoenix. And the other one here is Alec Burks. Alec Burks. Who was 23% usage. I've got him down at 20. Remember, Cade was out. So he played a lot of minutes. He got a lot of shots. But now, again, he has to battle Monte Morris. Cade's back. Second year, Ivy. Asar Thompson. Uh, he's just not going to get that level of opportunity. And he's not a guy that lives and dies by being super high usage. Next batch of usage fallers, Malcolm Brogo Brogdon was at 23% last season. I've got him down at 20. Now, you might say that's, or Josh, he might have to do more with um, Smart gone. Sure, he might. I don't think his body can hold up. But also, the, the change there is Porzingis in over Smart. So it's not as simple as Porzingis starts and never shares the court with Brogdon. It's not as simple as that. It's a higher usage guy like Porzingis into the mix. So everyone else sort of cops a little bit of a hit apart from Tatum and Brown, who suffer minor hits, if anything. I've got Trey Jones dropping from 19.5%, which wasn't high as a starting point guard for the Spurs last season, down to 17. More Vassell, addition of Cameron Payne, Wembenyama, means I just don't think there's that many shots around. I also have DeMar DeRozan. Now, is that realistic? I don't know. 28.7% for DeMar. I've got him down at 26.3. Why? I think the Bulls' offense runs significantly better when Zach Levine is the main guy. DeRozan, towards the end of last season, over the final two to three months of last season, started to decrease that usage back. And that did enable Zach to become more of that number one player. And I think as DeRozan, who's in the final year of his contract, he's obviously older, he's like 34, 35 now. I just think that we'll see him start to roll back. And the Bulls, as I criticize the Bulls signing DeRozan, especially I criticize them giving up a first round pick to sign and trade him when... Literally nobody else was trying to get him. And it looked pretty dumb for the first half of that season. Man, look how well DeRozan's played. But my, my point of that was, it, he's not a guy that leads you far in the playoffs. The ceiling is very capped. And when he's your number one guy, it pulls everyone back down. And even though he played really well when he joined the team, I think that's borne out as being true. Him being your number one guy limits everything else you can do because of his inability to shoot threes and his defensive shortcomings. You've got to fit everybody else around him. And it sort of stifles other players. And I think we might get a little bit away from that with DeRozan this season. I, I think. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 38% usage last season. I've got him down at 35.6. Why? The simple fact that Chris Middleton is going to play more than 24 minutes a night in more than like 30 games. If you project Middleton to play less than that, Good luck, then you are clearly in Duma mindset. Like, he's going to do more than that. So Giannis had to carry such a huge offensive burden, which may have been part of the reason that his defensive stats declined, but he's not going to stick at that level. Another one I've got on this list is Brad Beal. From 29% in Washington down to 27% usage in Phoenix. He's the third guy there behind Booker and Durant. That might even drop to 25. It might. As he focuses more on passing, he shouldn't. Booker should, but he might. I think he's going to suffer a pretty significant decline in his overall usage numbers. So there my usage rises and fallers. What about minutes? Let's look at some guys that I expect to jump up in terms of their minutes played this season. 
Rashawn Holmes played eight minutes a game last season. Eight. And while I don't know that he starts at center, and even if he does start at center for the Mavericks, I don't know how much it matters because Grant Williams is going to get most of the minutes at power forward. And then at center, you've still got Dwight Powell and you've still got Maxi Kleber. So I don't think he's a 29-minute-a-night starter. He might be. I don't think he is, but I think he's going to jump up from eight pretty significantly. I've got him projected at 23 at the moment. That might be worth looking at as a last-round pick. Again, I don't think he ends up being a guy that you hold on to, but it's interesting. Oh, hi, Mark. Mark Williams was 19 minutes last season because Steve Clifford, just in case you don't know, Steve Clifford hates rookies, yeah? He hates them. He was the third-string center playing in the G League for half a season. And then we had some weird alternating stuff going on down the stretch. That's not going to happen. He is the number one locked-in starting center for this team. I've got him maybe conservatively projected at 30 minutes a night. Big Dick Nick will play 18. Some nights Williams will get 29. Some will get 31, 32. I've got him at 30. Big jump. I've got Obert Toppin jumping up quite a bit as well. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. Toppin played under 16 minutes a night last season because he just they refused to play him with Julius Randle and Randle barely missed games. I think Toppin might start the year as the starting power forward for the Pacers. I think he won't end there because I don't think he's very good. I also think he's worth a look as a last-round pick, as I did in my mock draft the other day, because I think he does fit really well next to Miles Turner and next to Tyrese Halliburton. He's a nice points and rebounds guy who can hit some threes. He's never going to get defensive numbers or pass, and that always limits his fantasy value. But I think he's going to jump to 26 minutes, which might start at 28 and come down to 23 as the season goes on. Peyton Watson played eight minutes a night last season. I've got him up to 18, and that might be underselling it. Because if Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr. get injured, he's probably going to have to start. Jeff Green is gone. Flacco Chanchar is injured. Watson's going to be the backup, the primary backup four. Maybe play some five if Zeke Naji can't do it or DeAndre Jordan can't do it. I've got Watson rising, and maybe that's not enough. I've also got Shaden Sharp going up from 22 minutes a night to 32. The Blazers are very hard to project, obviously, because I don't know what Damian Lillard is doing or if he is traded, who comes back. But I think as a conservative thing, I, I am going to just put Sharp in as a 32-minute-a-night player. That could be wrong. It might just completely blow up and go nowhere, but that's how I'm looking at them at the moment. Um, I got Daniel Gafford jumping up. He played 21 minutes a night last season. Yes, he was the starter all season, but he started next to Porzingis and then they just slid Porzingis across. They don't have that option. In fact, I know I've said this a lot and I said it yesterday as well. The Wizards' center rotation consists of Daniel Gafford and then it consists of uh, Mike Muscala, Anthony Gill, and Xavier Cooks, who may not make the final roster. That is it. They are their centers. That is it. So Gafford... I've got him at 29 there, mainly because he seemed to sprain his ankle every five minutes last season, but also foul trouble. And if there's no foul trouble, he might play 35 a night. There's nobody else to play center. Absolutely nobody else. Just quickly, someone um, criticized me about the Wizards the other day for the way that I pronounced their number one draft pick this season. And I always try and get pronunciations, pronunciations as correct as I can, right? And let me assure you on this, that their number one draft pick, it's not pronounced... Bilal Kulabali. Kulabali. It's not. He's French, and I've watched a lot of his games with French announcers, gone into French, French translation sites. It's Bilal Kulabali. 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 It's not Kulabali. Kulabali. So when I say it, Kulabali, or even if I say it with an Aussie accent, Kulabali, it's not Kulabali. That's why I'm saying it that way, because that's how it's pronounced. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I went on about that. Jalen Johnson, I've got rising from... He played under 15 minutes and I've got him up to 23. 
I don't think he wins a starting spot, but it's not out of the question. Chrissy Middleton, as I referenced earlier, played 24 minutes a night last season. I've got him up at 32. Hopefully, everything's all right and the knee doesn't flare up. I'm not pushing him with huge minutes, but we also don't know how Adrian Griffin's going to run the minutes. Is he going to run Nick Nurse stuff coming from Toronto? I don't think so, but maybe. Middleton probably can't survive that, but I've got a big, big jump coming. Also, speaking of Nick Nurse, Paul Reed played under 11 minutes last season under Dr. Rivers. I've got him at 18, but those quest, those comments coming from Reed about what Nurse said, about how Nurse wants him to be Pascal Siakam, makes me, like, this desk, I'm not even using my hands, and it's rising. It's coming up. Because if Paul Reed plays like Pascal Siakam and plays the four, he could be better than PJ Tucker. And if Paul Reed plays 25 minutes a night, he's a guaranteed standard league player. Now, that could just be all absolute preseason blowing smoke, right? It could be complete nonsense. But I feel really good that he's playing more than 11 minutes. If he's playing backup four, starting four, backup five, I've got 18, and that might be conservative. And we've got Walker Kessler, who only played 23 minutes a night last season. I've got him at 30 as well. There are people who seem to think that perhaps Walker might only play 23 a night because John Collins got brought in. I really don't think that. Kessler is a foundation for them. He will get around that 30 a night. Now, he might not push more than that because of Olenek and because of Collins being there. But I think he's going to get 30 a night, very similar to what he did down the stretch last season. He's probably going to be the NBA's leading shot blocker, would be my guess. And I think he's going to get a big, big rise in his overall playing time. Some other guys to take a look at who are minutes rises. I think old mate Cormac Christie is going to jump up too. He played under 13 minutes a night and barely played any games, Christie, uh, for the Lakers. I've got him at 19 minutes a game. I don't think he's going to start for this team, but... If D'Angelo Russell sucks again, could you see Reeves, Reeves, Christie, LeBron, Davis, and Vanderbilt? Maybe. He's at least in the mix to be a sixth or seventh man. Christian Brown played 15 and a half last season. I've got him at 22. We talked about that already. Jake LaRavia, under 12 minutes as a rookie. I've got him at 18. I think LaRavia is a better player than David Roddy and a better prospect than David Roddy. Whether the Grizzlies believe that or not, I don't know. But I do think that there has to be a larger role for LaRavia, especially earlier in the season with Brandon Clark out and with Jamarant out. Matisse Leibel, only 17 minutes a night last season. Played um, out of the rotation for the Sixers a lot of the time. Went to Portland and started quite a few games. There were times when he was sort of splitting minutes at, at some stages with Cam Reddish, but Reddish obviously isn't there. This could get completely screwed up depending on what happens with the Lillard trade, but I feel good that... Thibault's going to play more than 17 minutes a night. And Tyus Jones played 24 minutes a night for the Grizzlies last season. I've got him up at 30. I don't have him going to 35 or anything like that with Washington because I do think there's a couple of things they can do. A, Dylan Wright will get some minutes as the backup point guard, but also they will run Jordan Poole as a point guard, which enables them to play more Johnny Davis. It enables them to play more Calabali. It enables them to play more Kispert as well. So Jones is a one-year player, unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. Maybe he stays, maybe he doesn't. He's a really solid player. He's going to see a bump up. But that bump up might not be to absolutely fantastic high-level starter numbers. It also doesn't mean that his usage is going to go through the roof either. Because when he started in Memphis, it was with Jar out. So he would play with Jaron and with Desmond Bain. In Washington, he's going to be starting next to Poole and Kuzma, who are both higher usage players than those two Memphis guys. What about minute fallers? Killian Hayes played 28 minutes a night last season, which is really surprising to me that he actually got that much. He may not play every night now. I've got him down at 15. Cade, Ivy, Burks, Monte Morris, and they also drafted Marcus Sasser. I think Killian Hayes is a very, very good to close to elite NBA 
defensive point guard with also being the worst offensive point guard in the NBA. Shout out to Dennis Smith. He's just not going to play. Aaron Neesmith played 25 minutes a night, started a lot of games at power forward, and the Pacers looked that went, ugh, absolutely no way. We're bringing in two power forwards. We draft Jarris Walker. We trade for Obi Toppin. So there's no way that he's getting those minutes at power forward again. And then on the wing, there's Heald, there's Matherin, there's Bruce Brown, who they also brought in to play those positions. There's no way that Neesmith does that again, unless everyone gets hurt. Bol Bol played 22 minutes a night last season. He was also out of the rotation and then waived off a minimum contract by the Magic. Yes, he's been signed by Phoenix, and I know some people think that he's a chance to start. I don't think there's any chance that he starts in Phoenix. He's a bad defender who shot under 30% from three. He can block some shots. He can do some highlights. He'd need to change his game significantly to be a key rotation piece. I've got him at 12 minutes. Reggie Bullock played 30 a night for the Mavericks last season. I've got him at 21. And you might say, well, the Spurs are worse than the Mavericks. Sure, they are. But they will also play Wembenyama, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell ahead of Reggie Bullock. There's still Doug McDermott there. There's upcoming Julian Champagne as well. I just don't think they're in the market to play Bullock 30 minutes. And then Ayo Dusumu played 26 minutes a night last season, started for the Bulls as their point guard, was benched as the season went on, and then they went in and brought in Javon Carter. So there's Javon Carter, there's Alex Caruso, there's Kobe White, and there's Ayo Dusumu. I don't see any way that he plays 26 a night this upcoming season. Am I a hater of Ayo Dusumu? No, I just don't think he's as good as some of you do. Does that make, if that makes me a hater, then yes, I am. Dennis Smith Jr. played 26 minutes a night last season. Why? Well, the Mallow Ball missed nearly all the year. And now he's in Brooklyn. And unless you're predicting Spencer Dinwiddie plays 20 games, um, then Smith is not going to hit 26 minutes. I've got him at 17 for the upcoming season. And even if Dinwiddie does go down, Ben Simmons probably gets the minutes as the starting point guard if he doesn't already. So I just, it takes a few things for Smith to get back to that number. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Monte Morris played 27 minutes a night as a starter in Washington, which is actually a really low number as a starter. Now he goes to Detroit where he plays behind Ivy and Cade. And there's Burks, and there's first-round pick Marcus Sasser, who I don't think is a rotation player. And there's Gillian Hayes. So I don't think he's playing those 27. 19 might be low. Maybe it's 21 that he gets. But it, there's no clear path to big minutes for Monte. Sorry, I should have done Monte Morris' voice. He played 27.3 minutes last night, or last season, and, and he will be moving, I think, to around 19 minutes a game this season. Ke- Kevin Porter Jr., old cousin Kev, 34.3 minutes last season. Absolutely no way that that is happening again. I've got him at 26. He will come off the bench behind Jalen Green, behind Fred Van Vliet. He will compete with Amen Thompson in the um, in the second unit to get some playing time. I think he's talking to you. And I just don't see how there's any chance, unless there's multiple long-term injuries, for him to get to 34 minutes. The next one we look at is Kelly Olenek, who played almost 29 minutes a game last season for the Jazz, starting for them at power forward basically all season. Um, John Collins comes in. Now, Olenek's shooting is quite good. He, he's, he's actually been an underrated player for a big chunk of his career. But the addition of Collins, the second year of Walker Kessler, the unrestricted free agent upcoming nature of Kelly Olenek makes it hard for me to see how he gets to 29. I've got him at 21. Now, of course, that number will rise if injuries do hit. And he'll still be a part of things, but I just don't think he's going to be a part of things the way he was last season. You'll also notice another Brooklyn Nets player on this list. And there's going to be another Brooklyn Nets player on the next list as well. But Royce O'Neal played 32 minutes a night last season. At the start of the year when Duran and Irving and then Irving was suspended and Simmons was out of course or struggling, O'Neal played a lot, tons of minutes, and he was getting lots of assists. He couldn't finish a single layup, 
but he was doing a lot. And then the trade happened and Finney Smith came over and Din- well, the trades happened. Finney Smith and Dinwiddie and Bridges and Cam Johnson all came over. And O'Neill moved to the bench and played barely played. And this season, I think we're going to be in a similar situation because not only are Johnson and Bridges and Dinwiddie all still there and Anthony Smith, but Ben Simmons is theoretically healthy. So I just don't, I've got O'Neill down at 25. I just don't say there's any way he's able to do what he did last season. And I'll say the same thing for his teammate, Dorian Finney-Smith, who played 30 minutes a night last season. I thought he was quite poor, but he did get the starting nod in Brooklyn, but I don't know that he does this season. In fact, I think Simmons is going to come for it. And if Simmons comes for it, it means he plays few minutes. I've got him at 24, so him and O'Neill at 24-25. We've also got Dillon Wright as a minutes drop guy. He played 24 a game last season. That was largely because they were playing only 27 to Monte Morris, but I do think they give a few extra to Tyus. Jordan Poole's there. There is Calabali. There is maybe Johnny Davis. They play some more minutes. I don't know. I just don't think D-Line's going to play 24 a night. Kyle Lowry played 31 minutes a night last season. I don't know what to do with the Heat. Is Lillard coming? Even if he doesn't come, I don't think they're going to play Lowry over 31. They probably will start Richardson and, and Hero as the backcourt and use those guys as ball handlers along with Jimmy. So I've got Lowry down at 25. Lonnie Walker played 23 minutes a night last season. The Lakers used him quite a bit early on. He had a knee injury, then he came back and he wasn't a part of the rotation. And there's no guarantee he's a part of the rotation in Brooklyn. It'll be him and Cam Thomas battling for that backup shooting guard minutes. I've got Lonnie down at 17 minutes. And then KJ Martin was at 28 last season. He played like 30 plus a night once Eric Gordon was traded. But now he goes over and replaces Eric Gordon for the Clippers. There is a chance with KJ. I could be wrong on this one. There is a chance that they start him next to uh, George, Leonard, Zubats, and Westbrook as that guy that where Marcus Morris has been starting. But Morris is still there, and Nico Batum is still there, and Trey Mann is still, or not Trey Mann, Terrence Mann is still there, and Norman Powell is still there. So it'd be hard for me. I, I, if I was them, I would actually start KJ Martin and play him 30 minutes a night next to George and Leonard. But I'm not sure they're going to do it, so I've got him projected down at 22 minutes a night. And that... We'll do it for me today. So, which of those did you disagree with? Minutes rises or minutes fallers? Usage rises, usage fallers? Did you think I missed somebody? And if so, please drop it in the comments. Guys, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.